conversations. And on this episode, our guest is the band Witchweather. And we're all students at York College of Pennsylvania, except as of right now on this very day, Nakaya Wilson, the drummer, would have walked for commencement. So she actually graduated. So like, yay, Nakaya, but also, but also freaking (laughs) sad because coronavirus is preventing her from walking, which sucks. Miss Rona has ruined my life. I know. (laughs) Rude. But yeah, I will let Elena take it away because this is another one of those situations where I kind of have to double duty because I'm also in the band. (laughs) Yes, I wish that we had had that showcase where you were like in all the bands and you just, (laughs) Julianne was bassist for all, almost every single band except for one all night. And I wish we had had that, but Corona canceled it, which is rude. So this is Witch Weather. And I understand that the founder is Miss Caitlin. So can each of you give the listeners a brief introduction of yourself? And we will start with Miss Caitlin. Oh, no. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. Uh, I don't. What do you want for an introduction? (laughs) Like just like what? What is witch weather? What do you do? What instruments do you play? Witch weather is a real cool band that you should go listen to out now on all kinds of streaming services. Um. Uh, I play lead guitar, or I play guitar and sing. That's kind of yeah. That's what I do. Written written some songs as well. Um, let's move to Nakaya because you're next on my screen. <laughs> oh great! Okay, my name is Nakaya. Um, my stage name is K Danae. Y'all should know that from the last podcast I was in. But I am the drummer, so I hit things for which weather. Yes. That's me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm Julianne. Um, go by Julianne Francis for the stage name. And like I said, I'm a baser. Queen. We got three queens here. <laughs> so I would like to know, how did you come up with the name Witchweather? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was... For it was, it took a while because me and Mickey had been like just brainstorming possible names for like a really long time before we got a band together. And I, I think it's it started out as we just wanted to like have some like fall focused name or like autumn or some sort of witchy solstice name. And then I think Mickey came up with witch weather, so that was a good name, and we went with it. I like Thanks, it. Mickey. Because it, it very clearly conveys, like, what your band is about, having heard your music. Witches I think you're named... About no. witches and weather exclusively. <laughs> the, uh, in that order. Yeah. Caitlin sings about meteorology and witches, yeah. in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> so, you can, like, throw the answer to this question around, because you all are in the writer's room together. I did air quotes, because I don't know what else to call it. So, like, how do you write songs? Like, in what order do they come to you like lyrics first instrument parts first for the first little bit they were just songs that had already been written that we started playing live at this point in time it's whoever comes up with an idea first i guess and then sends it to everyone else and we'll fill in from there and kind of give input yeah Yeah. i kind of like to have 
some sort of basis when I'm writing. Like, even if it's a guitar lick, I kind of have, I need to have something in my ear before I just go out and throw out a drum beat because if you have just a drum beat, it can be pretty generic sometimes. So I need something melodic to get my wheels turning personally. Yeah. Yeah, like we started working with Google Docs and um, we were like listening to stuff that Caitlin had thrown into the drive and like commenting on it. And then I was like, ooh, this sparked like an idea. And I was like, here's the vibe, but I'm the bass player. So like, here's your, your bass line. Merry Christmas. Like, and that, <laughs> that's probably a really strange way to start writing a song. Like here's the whole bass line for probably the whole song unless it's longer than but like here you go <laughs> and then i have to panic because i don't know what chords to play <laughs> oh yeah i totally forgot to give them chords because i'm just bad at life um <laughs> or we all it's okay <laughs> it happens writing songs is an adventure oh, yeah, i think real comfortable with people <laughs> that too to like be like i have an idea for a song that is wild and then you have to be even more comfortable to be like, what if we don't do that idea? Which, like, hasn't yeah, happened, but, like... <laughs> and I feel like it probably won't happen. At least, hopefully not. But, like, it just, you know... I feel like you have to be really comfortable with someone to <laughs> do that. It's a really vulnerable thing to do. Like, especially if you're writing lyrics and you're like, hey guys, here are my lyrics. It's kind of like, this is my heart. And what if people are like, man, what's on your heart sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> your feelings are terrible. Like, I would have never written it this way. This sucks. Scrap it. <laughs> That's the scariest part. Like, for the last song that was released, I Think You're Haunted, out now on streaming services, Um, I and I'd never written lyrics on really, like, a time crunch before, and I didn't know what to write about, and so all of a sudden I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, and it was... It's it's really scary writing lyrics that you know are gonna be heard by other people. Yeah, I can I can understand that a little bit. I know I sent Julianne lyrics one time and she was like, Oh, I know what these are about. And I was like, gross. <laughs> 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 Thanks, I hate it. Now she knows my whole entire life. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but, but strangers like, won't know what it's about. <laughs> no, but it's like you just—it's even harder. I think it's harder to give lyrics to a band first than it is to give them to strangers. Because there's no yeah. bias with strangers. Like they don't know your story, so it's kind of like, well, I relate to this, but with your band, it's like, damn, they actually might know what I'm talking about. So. That's yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Or you just make the lyrics so vague. <laughs> that literally no one can understand what you're trying that to say. <laughs> so vague. Just like really emo, like descriptions of things, like really long Shakespearean descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> or just like slam poetry, like black cigarettes, <laughs> coffee. Like what? This makes no sense. <laughs> so how important do you guys think that knowing music theory is to songwriting? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty important. I would agree. I think it's yeah. very important. Yeah. Like, you can do it without it. Like, I'm sure there's many people who are like, oh, well, I just, like, sit down on the piano and I play what sounds good. But when you have that awareness, it's so much easier. Like, before I had that awareness, just sitting down and being like, oh, I'm going to come up with a baseline. It was harder and it was more intimidating and... And once you just have that awareness, like, even just developing your ear, like, I'm not consciously, like, 
oh, I have to go to G, and then I have to go to E, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. Like, it's not super duper conscious unless you want it to be, and like, that's a whole other sovereignty experience. But even just, like I said, having that awareness, and it just develops your ear, and it just yeah. kind of comes. I mean, I tend to use it more as like a, I'm stuck on this and don't know what to do after it, so then I can use the wild world of theory to help me. <laughs> kind of like a guide. Also, like, if something just sounds kind of boring and I want to make it spicy, I'll add some, like, extensions or play around with, like, the chords and stuff. Like, my my uh, guitar writing, at least, has gotten so much more, like, infinitely more interesting after, like, starting to apply music theory and, like, jazz extensions and all that stuff. I think it makes for um, seamless live shows, too, because if you're playing your songs the same way that they're played on a studio recording. I feel like it gets a little boring after a while. So being able to just come up with things on the fly, you kind of have to know your theory to keep it interesting. And my original answer, I was going to be like, oh, well, vocalists, or at least lyricists don't really need to know theory, but even that's not right because you can't just sing if you don't know theory. Now Correct. you're singing in the wrong key. So right. it's, it's definitely important to everybody in the band. Yeah, I think a lot of people just kind of are like, I don't know why it's important. And I know that when I got to York, I was like, why is this important? And it's definitely more important than people give it credit for. For sure. Like, it's tough to learn, but I feel like once you kind of get a grasp on it, it's like, oh, now I understand why I need this. And now I know how to make my music sound better. And you can, like, figure out, like, if I want this one part to be sad, I need a minor chord from this key. Right. And I know how to do that instead of just being like, I need a chord that sounds sad. And maybe I'll find one if I sit in front of the piano long enough. Right, and if you're into like more advanced theory, start throwing in like secondary dominance and tritone subs to keep your songs interesting. Because nobody wants to hear C, E, G, like super easy progressions. That gets boring after a while. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah, and it's also like, it's never a bad thing to just like know the language of the thing you're doing. I feel like if nothing else, music theory can just help you to describe to other people the kinds of like what you want out of a song or like specific sound or something yeah it can be like a good roadmap to the sound you want yeah that's a good way to put it so i don't know if i said it in the intro or not but if if you've been listening to the past few episodes you know that we like to connect the different parts of the music industry um so caitlin what do you look for in a manager um someone who is uh Mickey. Um, who is Mickey? Tell Mickey us who Mickey is. Mickey is. <laughs> is our fantastic, incredible, awesome manager and also my boyfriend. Hi, Mickey. Um, yeah, he, he is a very good manager. And generally what I look for in that kind of thing is just somebody who's like capable of keeping me organized and focused, which is a very challenging thing to do because otherwise without organization and focus it's kind of like what's you know no one knows what's happening otherwise mickey has also done like a ton a ton of stuff to help this band and me and my musical whatever it's called just in general so yeah mostly i would say organization keeping everyone on task and like motivated yeah, yeah mickey, mickey has a very good lot. Like, he knows he knows so much about like the marketing stuff and i'm like how Please teach. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's important for a manager to kind of be able to fill in the gaps where the musicians fall short. Like sometimes musicians don't really understand the managerial side of things or necessarily the business side of things. And if you're trying to do it solo, sometimes you might start messing up. So having a manager who understands that stuff and prevents you from getting into like actual legal trouble, I think that's essential. Yeah, I have like a really tough time sometimes with business stuff. Me too. Um, <laughs> not only just because I'm so horribly disorganized and unfocused, but like I have this intense fight within me to like the need to make money versus the need to just give everyone everything for free. Um, wow. <laughs> and so I feel like Mickey is uh, good for helping with that as well. And also just general business stuff I'm not great with. And like with Mickey too, you can be like, hey, I don't understand this thing. Or like, can you help me with this thing? And then like five minutes later, later he'll have like a 30 page research paper that he made. <laughs> <laughs> All about that thing that you needed help with. Yeah, he, he is like that. <laughs> and it's excellent. Yeah, it's really great. I love him. So welcome to the Mickey fan club, guys. We're no longer witch weather. <laughs> Backbeat Conversations is now just the Mickey fan club. Yeah. <laughs> Every week we're going to talk about how much we love Mickey. <laughs> we're not relating this podcast back to the music industry. We're relating it back to Mickey. Just Mickey. That's it. That's all. <laughs> Mickey is the music industry. I don't think there's anything that he cannot do. Honestly. Honestly. So for Julianne and Nakaya... What do you guys look for in bandmates and or people you choose to collaborate with? And also, Caitlin, you can answer this question, too. I look for somebody, people who are easygoing, first and foremost. I had some failed band attempts in high school, and we just didn't work out because there were personality clashes. So obviously, I have to get along with the people that I'm actually in a band with. I think I said this before, but people who are passionate about what they do, I personally don't like working with people who are only in it for the recognition. I personally like to be surrounded by people who do this because this is what they genuinely love to do. Because you're not, you're not always going to get that recognition that you want. Like, it's nice to get it, but you're not always going to get it. So just being surrounded by people who are making music out of just genuine interest as opposed to we need to do this to get ahead. That's something that I really absolutely need. Yeah, I mean, same to all of that. And just like, you know, it's definitely not ever super about style like obviously I have to like what we're doing but I do kind of, kind of just appreciate everything and you know I'm not one to pass up opportunities so if if I get along with you and I'm having a good time I'll believe in you and I'll believe in myself and we'll do this together kind of thing and you know as long as everything's fair everybody's communicating we're we're having a, a good time. Do you have anything you want to say to that, Caitlin? I mean, pretty much the same thing that was already said. Like, just generally people that are, like, just cool people. <laughs> if they're going to be rude and not cool, then that's not <laughs> what I want. Yeah, you can't make musical people who you don't get along with. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good, not a good time. I really need open-minded people, too. That's something that I just thought about. Like, if you're in a group, 
I feel like you should feel comfortable enough to bring anything to the table and have your bandmates either be like, yeah, I'm down with this or no, I really don't think this fits our vision. But just having people who are open minded and willing to try anything, I think that's important, too. That's a good point, because I have yeah. been in situations where I felt like I like couldn't bring anything to the table because I felt like I wouldn't be heard. And when I right, did kind too. of make little attempts, I was like, yep, I'm right. Like, no one cares. And that's, that's no way, though. <laughs> yeah. So preferably uh, people who are very good at the instruments that they play, such as uh, the other two people in this band. Wow, me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, always, I feel like that goes without saying, like, if, if you're not good, I feel bad saying that because I don't like telling people that they're not good. But yeah. even, like, I'll put this out there, too. If you're going for anything at a commercial level like whether it's like a, a more punk indie scene like we do or it's like you know pop star kind of thing you don't have to be a virtuosic level i think most people will tell you being a good person and just being capable being willing to learn asking when you need help all of those things are way more important than like being able to you know like you don't have to be mozart at piano generally be a nice person just for everything in life not just music please for the love of god be kind <laughs> i had an english teacher walk into class one day and be like i have one rule and it's don't piss me off and that's the rule for the rest of your life and i was like oh and then i found out she was right yeah like you're right that is the rule so what does everybody like think about the music industry right now? Or is there anything that you don't like? Is there anything that you, like in a perfect world, would change? Or something that you really love about it and you don't want to see go away? Uh, currently, like with the state of the world and the coronavirus, I kind of like how it's bringing the industry closer, if that makes sense. Um, people are working together in ways that they wouldn't have necessarily worked together before. I don't know if you guys are like hip to these artists doing those Instagram battles, like this person versus this person. I think that's a really cool thing to see, even if it is like, it's a little friendly competition, but it's forcing us to, I don't know, just get closer. I feel like when the world is open and shit's not like burning, we're, um, so focused on ourselves as musicians and doing our own shows and our own tours but now that we're pretty much forced to be contained now you're reaching out to different people and now you're doing different things and working with people in ways that you couldn't have worked with them before um i agree with all of those things <laughs> um i mean to add to it i guess i think it's a pretty exciting time for like smaller artists just because, like, when everything goes back to normal, I feel like there's going to be a big, dumb vacuum of, like, nothing where all the smaller labels used to be and where all the, you know, all the smaller businesses that had a tough time with Corona. Like, everyone's going to be... I feel like there's just going to be a lot happening in general. So I feel like, at least for smaller bands, this is, you know, it'll be a very exciting thing once the all the stay-at-home orders lift. Yeah, I agree. Generally, I think the music industry is better now than it was before streaming and 
all that happened. I, there's just a lot of cool music coming out. Wait, was ideally what's the thing you would change one of the? Yeah, yeah. If you have, if you have one. If streaming sites could pay people more, that would be fun. That's a big one. That's my like main main. <laughs> that's uh, the biggest. <laughs> I don't want to have to. Uh, I don't know. It's just such a conflict because, like, like I was saying earlier. I have this constant battle between like wanting to give everything away for free, but also like I gotta make money, and it's like I would so much rather be making that money from a big dumb corporation rather than being like, hey, you normal people. Yeah, and it sucks because I know like Title came out to kind of combat that whole thing, but still people almost glorify Spotify. Yeah. yeah. And it's a little weird. Like I, I mean, I use Amazon Music because we we have Prime. Oh, elite. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just weird. Yeah, Spotify also, I think Spotify pays the least out of any of the streaming services, other than like Pandora. But that's Pandora. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard yeah. in a while. <laughs> oh yeah, I have not used Pandora Radio in a long time. Yeah, like, neither since have I. Middle school for me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have found that. When I talk to people who aren't, like, music, doing music things, they really don't know how much artists get paid or, like, how little they get paid on these streaming services. Because mm-hmm. they think, you know, if you get streamed a million times, you're going to make a million dollars. And that is just yeah. not true. I wish it worked like that. Oh, Cardi man. B was getting streamed, like, a, a, an incredible amount. And I think she was only making, like, $500,000. I think it's something, like, to make, like, $20,000 or, like, the federal minimum wage you have to have like 300,000 monthly listeners or something on Spotify it's like an insane number to make like a very small amount of money yeah isn't the amount per listen is it 0.004 I think so it's yeah something like that it's a really minute number I just don't know if that is correct I could be a zero off and I realized that you know changes things by a zero but if that's correct and you get one million streams that only makes you four thousand dollars. So yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not ideal. Dr. Young really likes to talk about how um, when iTunes came out, like nobody was ready for music to be digital, and people still aren't really ready for music to be digital, even though it's been digital for so long. We're still not quite sure as an industry how to like make it s- fair, and that's why I don't think people understand. Like you, you, you have to sell out to make money now. Like sell out air quotes. That's the sad thing. You make about the money from the from the product placements and like the commercials, and that's why Fancy Boy is in commercials because there's no money in like the the physical music that you made. Yeah, and it's We're broke out here, guys. And you brought up iTunes, and I think that's why people think like, oh, if you get a million streams, then you make a million dollars because wasn't the whole iTunes thing like most songs were ninety nine cents? It's like yeah, yeah, you made a million dollars back then, but not more. Even when, like, even when it was iTunes, it was still, like, most of that money went to the label and to iTunes and still wasn't even going to the artist for the most part. That's true. Yeah. So it's, like, even then the artists were still not getting quite what they maybe should have been getting. And then as a result of the streaming, now record labels are doing the 360 deal where they take money from you in every single aspect of what you're doing, like, from sales, from clothing, from touring, from like whatever you make on the road yeah. instead of just taking from your sales because they can't afford to do it that way anymore. Which is like especially rough because touring is where all of the money is. 
Yes. <laughs> Thanks, coronavirus, for that. <laughs> but, like, I'll, I, I don't know, because I understand, at least for, like, smaller labels who are having a hard time making money, like, they gotta make their money back somehow. But, like, it's really just big, big labels are bad, <laughs> and small labels need help, so I'm giving them a pass. <laughs> That's 2020 motto. Big labels are bad. Caitlin, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on Backbeat Conversations, we do something called the Shut Up and Let Me Do It moment. And because Nakaya and Julianne have been on the podcast before, their Shut Up and Let Me Do It moments are with the Alex Vince podcast. So if you're curious as to what Julianne and Nakaya Shut Up and Let Me Do It moments are, go check out our Alex Vince episode. That's a shameless plug. Um, but in this industry, we feel like there's often a moment of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown. And obviously here on Backbeat Conversations, we call that the Shut Up and Let Me Do It moment. Can you tell us about your Shut Up and Let Me Do It moment, Caitlin? You know, I arguably should have seen this coming. <laughs> I watched the other episodes <laughs> and should have thought about this beforehand. Did not prepare. <laughs> um, let's see. Probably if I just had to say something, it would probably be in community college when it was like I was horribly unconfident for like the entirety of my time in community college but then my friend as part of the degree path for that had an internship at like a local studio and he was like yeah I need some uh I need extra bands to come in and record for uh so I can fill out my hours and I knew it was like free hours or the studio would donate time and bands would come in and I was like me Record me, please. I have songs. And that was like the one confident moment I had the entire time at community college. And that kind of what wound up being the catalyst to me actually releasing songs and be like feeling good enough about the production value to be like, yeah, I'll start releasing songs and get a band together. Because I just felt like really inadequate with my uh, production value and execution of the songs up until that point, really. So I, I guess I would... I guess that would be the moment. That's a good moment. Mm -hmm. a big I moment think too. imposter syndrome is super real in the music industry. Especially for, like, women. Because I know when I got to York, I was like, I don't belong here. <laughs> Everybody felt when I got to York. I was like, holy shit, what am I doing here? I was, I had that same thing, but I was in, like, community college. And I was like, oh no, if this is how good everyone is in community college, I need to quit right now. It's just very easy to compare yourself to a standard that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's like for other people in the same programs and stuff I was in, it's like, I would never think that they didn't belong here, but it's me. So like, I don't belong here. We're our own worst critics. It's hard to validate yourself. Because like at yeah. the end of the day, you have to be the one to be like, I belong here and I'm capable of doing whatever the hell it is that I'm going to do in this setting took me up until like this current semester to be like you know what i'm okay here it's my senior year now i if i don't feel like i belong at this point i probably did something wrong we're definitely our own worst critics let's just put it that way yeah yeah so what's everybody's favorite food and we'll start with caitlin because me and nakaya already answered this but if we want to answer again i'm not gonna be mad 
probably either paneer tikka masala or palak paneer. Indian food, generally. Tikka masala is definitely a vibe. I had that yesterday. I will, I'll jump on the tikka masala bandwagon for today. My answer remains the same. It is Mexican, but not the Americanized Mexican. I mean, like, the Mexican-Mexican, like, the real tacos and the real quesadilla, the real shit, guys. You heard it here first. The real, me not the, not the hard shell, not the hard shell tacos, the real <laughs> stuff, okay? Yes. So, I'm gonna actually get into this question, because Julianne asked it. Um, I love cheesy potatoes, like, from the box, like, scalloped potatoes. Mm -hmm. I agree. They're not good for you, because the, the cheese is fake and whatever, but... Nothing's good for you at all. Everything's gonna kill you anyway, so eat them damn cheese potatoes <laughs> with the fake cheese. It's fine. <laughs> this is inspiration from Nakaya. <laughs> Auntie Everything Nakaya's will kill you. tidbits. <laughs> Nakaya's tidbits. Everything will kill you. Everything's bad for you. Do whatever you want. Because you're all gonna die anyway. You need to make, like, a motivational lifestyle brand. Yes. I, I support yeah, Nakaya's tidbits, that could be a podcast. Can we call yeah. it Auntie Nakaya's tidbits, though? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because I kind of have, like, the old aunt thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Each podcast is, like, ten seconds long while you say your tidbit, and then that's the entire episode. <laughs> that's much. it. That's the tidbit. Like, <laughs> I should do that on eat TikTok. Eat food, be happy. That's the entire, <laughs> the entire episode. So, um, what are your life goals? We'll start with Caitlin again. I don't know. That's a very loaded question. Ideally, I would like for the whole band and everything, just all of all of the musical projects that I am a part of to just, you know, get popular and start make money and have, you know, do enough for that to be like a full time job. But in the case that that doesn't happen, it's like, where do I go from there? So that would be like my goal. But like just generally being a part of an active participant in the music industry and like whatever local scene that I can, you know, have access to. Yeah, I I think I got deep with my answer last time and I was like, I mean, be successful as a musician. Like I obviously <laughs> very deeply want this band to like make it I I believe that we will, I believe that we can. But I'll give you a silly answer for today because I think it's funny. So if you have no idea what I look like, I have very long hair, but this is the one side of it is shaved because I don't know. I just did that one day and here we are. But I was looking at <laughs> I was looking at haircuts the other day, and um, there was a picture of like an older woman and she looked like a total badass and she still had her side shave going and I was like, oh my god. And I saw a lady driving around the other day like that who was older and, like, you know, they got the white hair. And they just look like a freaking badass. So that's my goal. When I'm old, I want to be a badass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So now I feel pressure to have, like, some badass answer. Um... Yeah, now I do, too. And I already <laughs> answered. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn, Julianne, you set the bar. Gosh. Um... Okay, so my original life goal is, I know this is a bit of a deviation, I want to be a therapist, a music therapist, like music therapist by day, like bed, band, chick at night, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing I have going on for myself right now, hoping to make the bed, band, chick by night thing a full-time thing at some point though, 
you know, like, I'll, I'll pull a Julianne if you don't know what I look like. I'm bald. I have no hair on my head. Um, <laughs> shaved it off completely. It doesn't look like it right now because we're in quarantine, so there's something going on up there, but I'm bald as the day I was born, and I'm real little. And I just want to be that, like, badass band bitch with the bald head who's super successful and just slays every instrument that she touches. Hell yeah. And it's, instead so of doing it by night, do it by all the time. By all the time. At some point. <laughs> when I'm old. When I'm older, though. Because I want to go out here and help some people. People need therapy. Another right. one, Auntie Nakai's tidbits. Go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really respect your answer because, funnily enough, I'm currently reading this book called One Person, Multiple Careers. <laughs> And there you go. It's about yeah. me. <laughs> and it talks about the, the whole slash career revolution. Mm-hmm. So I, there's definitely a lot of people who are like, I want to do this, but I also want to do this. And like, and you, you can, can do, do it. Both. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I would like to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can if it's so, if you so desire. <laughs> Um, I feel like I need a cooler <laughs> answer now. We're listening. My my goal is to have cooler hair than I currently have. <laughs> it's just kind of long and wavy, and that's about it. I dyed the ends of it for a minute, but like it was temporary dye, so it's not there anymore. That's just all an aesthetic here. Yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna help all those little uh. That was my answer, my second answer that I was going to say, is that, like, I want to help all the little closeted queer kids who are scared to come out of the closet. That's my other probably cooler answer. That's a damn good answer, actually. I feel like a lot of, a lot of closeted, would you say closeted queer kids? (laughs) Just general LGBTQ plus I feel like they sometimes they need that push. That's the push that I wish that I had when I was growing up and didn't know that I <laughs> was queer. So, yeah. <laughs> same. It does happen like that. But looking back, you're like, how did I not? Know like, that? how did I miss yeah. that? <laughs> looking back, it's like, wow, was how was I ever not like fully embracing of this? For sure. Caitlin, do you want to talk about your story a little bit, or? I mean. I can. Uh, let's see. Where do do I do I get a prompt? Can you use it in a, in the form of a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, at any 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 level that you want to, or you can take a pass. Cause like, I know like we we market the band as a, a queer queer band. Yeah, like I don't want to take a pass, especially if we're marketing ourselves <laughs> as like a queer band. Then I'm like, hmm, I don't want to talk about it. I feel like I stepped out of the closet, like I put a toe out, and everybody was like, get back in there. So I was like, all right, fine. And then, <laughs> and then I got to college, and I was like, no, I got to come back out. And then, boom, here I am. <laughs> yeah. I, like, put a toe out of the closet, and everyone was like, yes, yes, good, keep coming. I was like, oh, no, scared. And then I went back in. But here you are. It took me until, like, junior year of high school to accept it. And then another few years to tell people after i told it to myself and by that i mean it took me until like junior year of high school to discover against me and laura jane grace and then uh after that i was like you know what yeah that that's that's it 
That's it, dog. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, though. It's all about your comfort. Um, gotta come to terms with things yourself first. And I think that's how it is for a lot of people. Um, especially with the way society treats LGBTQ plus people. It's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, so. Yeah, especially, like, it's... Even just doing this podcast is, like, terrifying to me because while I have like done voice training just on my own and like worked on my voice it's so not near a level where I'd be comfortable doing it around other people but then I'm also like out and open at this point in time so it's like you know I feel like I should at least make an effort but I am just I'm scared to do it in front of people still but we applaud you for taking the first step yeah that's what you need to do take the first step because after everything after that starts to come a little easier yeah Yeah. the first step is definitely the hardest and even when like like me even just the first step can take a very long time and that too like when you're uh you know a closeted 11th grader and you just discover against me you know just as every single person has done and i'm not just talking about myself uh It, it can take a long, very long time to take a first step, but it's very much worth it. You know, it took me probably four or five years after accepting it myself to, like, start hormones and all that, which I started the beginning of last, the fall semester of 2019. And, like, I've that's the happiest I've ever been since starting those. So it's like, I needed to take that first step, but it was very hard to take that first step kind of piggybacking off of that not trying to like hijack your story or anything but I had to take another first step earlier this semester I was I knew that I was some form of queer but I was out here like dating guys and I was like I don't think I like this too much I was like this doesn't feel right so I had to come out to my mom again and emphasis on again like I did it in high school and it didn't really go over that well so I did it again and just taking that first step a second time was the hardest thing in the world but once I like actually did it I was like oh my gosh I feel like so much freer so taking that first step yeah it does get easier listeners and I feel that coming out again because I did like the inverse of Nakaya where I was like I'm gay I'm so gay I'm gay (laughs) then I got to college and I was like I might be bisexual (laughs) (laughs) call my mom and be like mom what if like what am I bisexual and she was like "It's, it's okay I mean, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, because I thought it was going to be like, some kind of problem because I thought I was gay and then wasn't. <laughs> and it's a fluid thing, too. I noticed that it's changed as I've gotten older. Or maybe I was just never really, had never really come to terms with it when I was younger. But just, like, viewing other people, I feel like it's a little fluid sometimes. Yeah. And the way, the language we use to talk about sexuality is definitely more forgiving. Like, more mm. fluid. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you don't even have to pick anything anymore. You don't have to be like, I'm this. You can just exist. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to, like, um, like, I wouldn't have to be like, I'm bisexual. I can be like, well, whoever I have sex with is who I have sex with. Like, it right. doesn't have to be such a hard line thing yeah. anymore. And I think that was a problem in the past, too. It was kind of like, you have to put yourself in this box. Like, oh, you've dated guys, but you also like girls. So, boom, that means you're bisexual. Like, there was really no in-between. That's why I kind of like the term queer, because yeah. it's an all-encompassing thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm queer, so yes, I also like women. But I have dated men. Like, it's, right. it's, all, it's an umbrella term to me. It's also really scary, just because, like, generally, societal stuff, like, if you come out as one thing, then it's, like, 
and you realize that, hey, that might not have been on completely on the market first. It's really hard to then be like, hey, I, you know, I might actually be something else because everyone's already like, hmm. Yeah. And society just is like, nope, you're invalid immediately. Like, you don't even know yourself. You're confused. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is probably one of the reasons why it takes people so long to come out is because not only do they really want to make sure that it's them, but also they're like scared of people and how they'll perceive it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, like backlash. Yeah, there's always like the little fear in the back yeah. of your head that like you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're like, what if I'm not this? What if, what if I'm wrong? And like, even I've been on hormones for many, many months now, and I'm st there's still every once in a while, there's like, there'll be a minute where I'm like, am I wrong? <laughs> like, this is the first time in my entire life where I've been this stable and happy. But also, am I wrong? <laughs> like, this stability feels wrong. <laughs> Wow, we just got real therapeutic real fast. Yeah. I know. We did. <laughs> That's what I love about this podcast. We go all kinds of places. So, what's everybody's favorite album? This is a loaded question you're asking. A loaded question. <laughs> all right. Sorry. How many favorite albums am I allowed? Right. Oh, you know. <laughs> Names every album I've listened to. That's what Mark did, and it's hilarious. <laughs> He was like, I can't pick one, so he picked one from every genre. Okay, I probably won't do that, but like, <laughs> I can narrow it down to a few, but give Nikai if you want to uh, oh, go ahead man, and really, me? take, take oh, the lead gosh, on this one. Why do I have to take the lead? That is the absolute worst thing you could have done. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this to me. This is a, <laughs> a crime. I love that theme. <laughs> Oh, fuck, um, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe you've done this to me. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. So I have a couple. I feel like it's constantly changing. Because I'm like one of those people, I listen to literally everything except country. No offense, country people, I just don't like y'all. But um, Paramore, any Paramore album, I can't pick one. I love them all. Um, I'm sweating, guys. <laughs> I'm sweating. This is like the hardest question I've ever been asked in my life. Sorry to the people listening to the podcast that uh, have no idea what's happening. Yeah, sorry to me for Caitlin targeting me with this question. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to say I listen to everything and anything. So If you would like to go again I after I answer can, can and you've I, thought of that? more. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so one of them would have to be Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Which, like, every one of their albums is fantastic, and I love every single one of their albums. But that one in specific, you know, it's got that X factor of being the album that, like, I listened to, and then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I relate to every single thing in this album. This can't be a coincidence anymore. <laughs> so that's one of them. Power Plant by Girl Pool is... That album's just... Good. Probably Whip Smart by Liz Fair would have to be on there. I'm gonna forget an album and I'm gonna be so mad later and I'm like, oh, how could I forget that? We have to redo the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're redoing the podcast. The whole thing. The entire thing is just gonna be us listing off albums that we like. 
and then we'll still forget one and I'll still be sad. But <laughs> and then uh mm, I need to keep thinking. Sorry. Good. I'll I'll make up for whatever time it was that I couldn't remember the name of the Blondie album that I wanted to say. It's called Parallel Lines. <laughs> Parallel Lines. Okay. I can answer this question if you guys need a minute. Yes, please. Please. <laughs> so please I would help. say that Art Pop by Lady Gaga is one of my favorite albums because it was the first Lady Gaga album that, like, when it came out, I was old enough to, like, listen to it the day it came out because I was, like, 12 or 13 or something. And it was just so ahead of its time. I think people were really mean to her about that album. Mm. I think it was really good. And then also Fear Inoculum by Tool, which is the only thing I can listen to when I study. I adore those two albums. <laughs> <laughs> those two polar opposites of albums. And probably also Lemonade by Beyonce. That's a good one. All right, I'll go again. All right, so the Paramore album that really got me through my teen years was either Riot or Brand New Eyes. I cannot choose between them at all to save my life. Um, I'm going to pull a mark and do one from every genre. Um, Kalani, You Should Be Here. Although that's a mixtape, but we're just going to pretend that's an album for the sake of this podcast. Um, I'm going to throw a little uh, shameless promo to one of my other bandmates. Um, Will Show, I really dig Red on Blue. If you're listening to this, love you. I, I fuck with your album, man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I really hope he hears it. <laughs> I think the last time I said D'Angelo Brown Sugar was one of my favorite albums because it's timeless. Um, and also one of his older ones, Black Messiah. They're like two polar opposites, but it's good shit. I have plenty more, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot that I could list potentially at this very moment, but oh. Wait, I have one more that is, like, actually important that I would have been very mad if I forgot. God Forgive These Bastards, Songs from the Forgotten Life of Henry Turner by The Taxpayers. That album is incredible, and everyone should listen to that at least once in their life all the way through. That sounds like a trip. Yeah, yeah I'm intrigued by that title. I think I've heard of that. I've definitely heard of it. It is incredible. So, uh, we got two more questions here before we wrap up for the day. What's a quote that describes you? <sighs> I know, I did it again. (laughs) Again? Again? Does ah count as a quote? (laughs) It can. I mean, yes. It depends on, you have to pick a character that said that, though. Like a character just yelled, ah! Wilhelm scream. That's my quote. (laughs) Does somebody else want to go while I think of myself i mean i got one yeah you go so uh mine is i can't remember the first part but it's not as important as the second part and this is not going to surprise anybody but it's live for what you create and die protecting it and it comes from lady gaga she said that in an interview one time and then i think that describes me like i live by those words (laughs) the general uh just have fun don't hurt anyone have fun don't hurt anybody it's kind of a good life motto, I feel. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. From like some, it was from some super witchy book of like witchy things. And that was like the main thing about the entire, the entire like idea of the book, I think. Oh, yeah, isn't that like a, a, a wicked kind of like 
I don't know. Mantra, mantra. Yeah, like sort of thing. Yeah. Harm no one. It is, and I can't think of the word that you also aren't able or that you also can't think of right now. But um. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a Wiccan thing. I'm gonna use a quote I used the last time and try to explain it better than I used the last time. <laughs> um, it's a Paramore quote from Brick by Boring Brick. Keep your feet on the ground, but your head in the clouds. I feel like that describes me because I am a huge dreamer, but I have a, a place a major emphasis on keeping myself grounded while being a dreamer, if that makes sense. Maybe it's the future therapist in me. I don't know. I don't know if that was a better explanation. I just really resonate with that quote, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Mine are also the same as last time, so if anybody would like me to repeat them, I can, but also listen to the other episode, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can repeat it. Uh, yeah, the, the two I said last time were in Proud, which I have tattooed on my arm. If you're like, what the hell is that? It's an X-Men thing. I'm sorry, I'm a nerd. Um, and the <laughs> other one is <laughs> Success is the Best Revenge, which actually... I told Grant, who's editing the podcast where I said that on, to edit this out, but I said that Brene Brown said that, and she definitely did not. I just made that up in my head. My mom just said that to me. <laughs> so it's a quote. It's a. It's actually a quote from my mom. I'll give her the actual credit this time around. Um, success is the best revenge. <laughs> Speaking of uh, correcting past podcasts, Mickey made the unforgivable error of saying that transgender dysphoria blues came out in 2016 it came out in 2014 thank you very much wow. <laughs> you don't have to keep that in the final <laughs> podcast shots fired oof all right for our very last question we have if you could have any job in the world what would it be and i asked this last time so you two have already uh julianne and nakai have already answered but if you have a different answer caitlin what would your what would your dream job be it doesn't have to be music related just if you could be like i want that job and someone will give it to you uh this band <laughs> oh. <laughs> true <laughs> if i had to choose anything outside of this band then i'd probably be like an environmental conservationist or like a park ranger or something i think last time i said i'd be like one of those traveling wine connoisseurs or something like that <laughs> where I just travel. actually yes. uh yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like a better answer than my two things i know i want to be the car's partner yeah you can everybody is welcome <laughs> to join me um can i be your roadie but like for wine tasting yes we, we can all go okay first stop is italy obviously <laughs> yes to try wine i'm so excited yeah i think what did i say last time like a comic book illustrator i'll, mm -hmm. I'll throw another one at you i also was a dancer so like being a ballerina was in the cards for a while so i guess that i'd still try that <laughs> <laughs> well still i did try i'd still do that i didn't give it a full try i didn't like audition for college and dance but you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah that's fair i like this question because there's so many things we could do <laughs> you could do anything right. i always want to be a pilot but that's a terrible idea Ooh, wow i also wanted to join i wanted to be a navy seal and my mom was like no people die in navy <laughs> seal training and i was like oh no. 
That reminds me of the time I wanted to be in freaking army band. But army band people have to go through basic training and I would have died at basic training. But I was like, yeah, you get to travel and play the drums. And I was like, yeah, no, that, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> JK mom. <laughs> Yeah, I like I had the paper like in my hand and I was like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. <laughs> I don't know, because like I just really wanted to like do some heroic shit or whatever. But I didn't want to like die at an army training yard. That's not very heroic. I mean that could be pretty <laughs> heroic depending on how you die. Right. <laughs> just a terrible training accident gone wrong, like <laughs> So is there anything that any of you wanted to say that we didn't touch on yet before we wrap up for today? Which Weather's music is out now on streaming services <laughs> everywhere. You stole mine, thanks. <laughs> you can give, um, I would throw out your, like, professional handle on Instagram so people can follow you. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are underscore which, that, as in W-I-T-C-H, underscore weather, as in the cloud weather. And then another underscore after that. So it's underscore which underscore weather underscore. And then do either of you want to shout out your Instagrams? Um, yeah, y'all can follow me um, at K dot as in period Danae D-A-N-E-E. Let me make sure I don't have an underscore. Oh, there's an underscore after the second E. So if you didn't catch that the first time, that is K dot D-A-N-E-E underscore. And mine is... Julianne Francis, but I guess I should probably spell it out because mine does not have any underscores or dots because nobody spells their name like this. It's J-U-L-I-A-N-N. -N. There are no E's. There are two N's. It is pronounced Julianne. You have no idea what a struggle <laughs> hey, my Julianne. life has been. Stop every teacher in college, oh boy. And then the Francis part is just the female Italian spelling of Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S. Not like the Pope, he has an I. Okay. Don't want you getting confused with the Pope or anything. <laughs> Don't follow the Pope when you mean to follow Julian. Yeah. If you mean to follow the Pope, I guess that's acceptable a little bit. But like... <laughs> Don't follow the Pope and not Julianne. Yeah, yeah, you can't only follow the Pope. You have to follow Julianne as well. Correct. And I am Musician Mahoney, so it's just the word musician and then M-A-H-O-N-E-Y. And it's all one word, no underscores, regular. All right, well, I'm so excited to have had you guys. Thank you, Witch Weather. Of course. I'm sorry for all of the <laughs> stuttering and horrible speech skills you had to go through. Okay. Ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's really okay. These quarantine podcasts are just kind of, you know, it is the way that it is. Yeah. It come, we come to you from our bedrooms mm -hmm. uh, in very different places on unstable internet connection to bring you backbeat conversations. So be patient with us. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks best. for listening, everyone. Yep. And every Thursday at 10 a.m. we release a new podcast. Stay tuned. Eastern Standard Time. All right, this is Backbeat Conversations signing off. <laughs>